Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. I hope that your week is going well. What's new with me? I have a wedding coming up on Saturday that I'm going to. Very exciting. My whole family's going, my boyfriend's going, so it's going to be a really fun time. This past weekend, I had some good quality friend time, which was much needed because guys, I'm leaving soon, which means my friends are not going to be able to come with me. My family's not going to be able to come with me, which is kind of sad. I have moved before, so the experience of having to leave people behind somewhere, I've experienced it multiple, multiple times. It definitely sucks. There's no sugarcoating that. But you just always have to remember there are reasons to visit, there are reasons to come back. And if you just plan times when you're going to see people, it makes it so much easier. And for me, I already know I'm coming home for Thanksgiving. I'll come home around the holidays. There's definitely going to be a lot of opportunities. And also, Chicago is not very far away. Before, I was dealing with the distance of LA to Minnesota, so this is definitely more manageable. Other than that, for what's new with me, I went to a fundraiser this past weekend. It was super cute. It was held in a barn. There were string lights. There was dinner. There was drinks. It was a very fun event. Very cute. Very fall vibes. And obviously doing something good, which is always a good thing to be a part of. The last new thing with me may seem like kind of insignificant, but guys, somebody paid for my Starbucks drink for me. You know, when you get up to the window and the barista's like, the person in front of you paid for your order, it honestly warmed my heart. And I feel like this is something that especially happens in drive throughs because it's kind of an easy thing to do for other people. You know, if you're already paying, you can pay for the person behind you. But it inclined me to pay for the person behind me, which made it become a giving train. And it's such a small, small thing that that one person in front of me started, or maybe it was the person in front of them. I have no idea. But what I'm saying is that it definitely brightened up my day to experience a small act of kindness and then to practice that myself. It's the little things, guys. The little things that make a huge difference on the day-to-day. Practice small acts of kindness. All right, guys. Let's get right into what's hot. I only have one story this week, and that is because we have a lot of content to get through in the what's good section. So let's get right into the hot story of the week, and I think it's a pretty good one. A little unexpected, but in my mind, it makes total sense. Combining some celebrity and business news, according to AdAge, Justin Bieber breaks into cannabis with Peaches brand. First of all, Justin Bieber, great title. Typically, Peachy loves the name Peaches. If you ever want to come on and chat with us, please feel free. We would love to talk about this new endeavor for you. More from AdAge. Justin Bieber is entering the marijuana market with pre-rolled joints that he's calling Peaches, the name of a song from his most recent album. The Canadian singer is working with a Los Angeles-based company, Palms, on the products. Palms specializes in pre-rolled cannabis products with its seven joint packs selling for $32 at locations in Nevada and California. Some other celebrities that are going into the cannabis industry, Jay-Z is chief visionary officer at The Parent Co., which sells branded cannabis products, while Martha Stewart has a line of CBD gummies in partnership with Canopy Growth Corp. Gwyneth Paltrow and Rosario Dawson are both involved with THC drinks maker Can. A little bit on the Target demo, Bieber's target demographic, Gen Z and Millennials, make up almost 40% of the cannabis market, according to the 2020 HQ Cannabis Brand Affinity Report. A portion of sales from his cannabis products will support groups including Veterans Walk and Talk, a group of veterans that advocates for cannabis as medicine, and The Last Prisoners Project, a nonprofit that aims to free people convicted of marijuana possession. It will also support diversity in the marijuana industry. Very interesting story. Like I said, it's kind of surprising, but also kind of not. 
If you guys remember the lyric in Justin Bieber's song, Peaches, I got my peaches out in Georgia, I got my weed in California. He's obviously very involved, or at least now, definitely will be. So it's his own company, another one to add on. He already has Drew House, which is a clothing brand. Now he has Peaches. I think it's really interesting to see how celebrities like this grow, especially because his Target demo is so closely tied to this product. Which, I mean, I do think that it's really smart that he's doing this. It's probably a tricky industry to get into, but I mean, it's definitely a growing one. So if you can get in from the start, I wouldn't be surprised if this completely takes off. It also really is a great name. I mean, all jokes aside, I know typically peachy. Obviously, we love peaches here. But seriously, I do think it's a really good name. It's catchy. It makes sense to his brand. He obviously thought about this when putting out the album. This has definitely been in the works for a long, long time. So I'm definitely really interested to see how it's going to go, what kind of influence it's going to have among Gen Z and millennials. Because it is kind of tricky, right? Because some people in that demo are not even legally allowed to have marijuana. I mean, not even all states have it legalized. But for the states that do, that's obviously where he's going to start in. He's partnering with Palms, which is based in Nevada and California. And obviously the latter is his stomping ground. So I'm sure this is going to take off in a really, really big way. And I bet it's going to open the industry up even further. So we'll see how this plays out. Good luck on your next adventure, Justin. And like I said, if you want to come discuss this on Typically Peachy, the door is always open. I have no idea why you wouldn't. The titles align so well. All right, guys, that's it for what's hot. Let's get right into what's good. Like I said, I have content for you guys this week. It is honestly a content overload. So I'm going to be talking about a movie and a TV show. Let's start it off with the movie. It's called Spielberg. Probably from the title, you already know what this movie is about. But just in case you don't, I will read the summary. Filmmaker Steven Spielberg and his colleagues discuss the classic movies that made him famous, including Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, and Saving Private Ryan. It's a documentary. You can watch it on Hulu or I'm sure Amazon Prime probably has it as well. Guys, you know me. I love documentaries. I love documentaries about people that we know or that we think that we know. Those are some of my favorite kinds. But one of the things that I really loved in particular about this film is that you know Steven Spielberg's works, right? Like, you know the films that he's done. You know if you like them or not. You know that even if you don't like them, you know that they are incredibly respected. That there's definitely an insane amount of talent there. And his imagination is crazy. But what you really get to find more about in this is his personality. How he interacts with actors how he interacts with other directors, other writers, other people on set. I love how candid he was about not knowing all of the answers, but essentially just faking it until you make it. Because you can look at somebody like Steven Spielberg and think, wow, that is an insane amount of success that he has. He must know it all. He must be uber knowledgeable in his field to the extent of literally never questioning anything any of his decisions, how to do anything, how to shoot anything, how to make anything come to life. But no, that's not the case. He's very open about the fact that he really doesn't know it all. He just tries things a lot. And he has the confidence where people want to follow in his lead. People want to trust his vision, even if it's not fully formulated, even if it's being formulated on the spot, which I think is a really, really cool thing. I also love to know just the trajectory 
of his career, what was his real breakthrough movie, which they touch on all of that. Jaws, obviously people know that one as a huge movie, which they really do depict as the movie that really changed his whole life. And when that was made, when it came out, he was so young, which is actually a really funny point in this documentary that I was talking to my brother about, that any time you have somebody become very successful at a young age, it seems that people keep speaking about your success as if you were even younger. You know, like it's really impressive for a 29-year-old to have a lot of success, especially in this industry, to do anything substantial before you're 30, before you're 40, honestly. Any time in your, quote, young years is incredibly impressive just because so many people value experience and it's hard to start something if no one ever takes a chance. So yeah, it's impressive. But it's funny when they say that he's 29 and then somebody else will say the story and they'll be like, yeah, he was incredibly young, started at like 25 or something. Then somebody else, yeah, he started at 23. He was so young. And it's like, okay, the younger you are, I get it, the more impressive it may seem in a storytelling environment, but it's all impressive. Like it really, really is. It's just funny to me. I'm thinking, man, this story's going to get younger and younger. He's going to have started his career when he was like 10 years old. But anyways, yes, he did start young. He did have a lot of success early on. There's a quote in the movie. I don't remember who said it, but someone said, he was fortunate that the kind of movies that he had a sense for were the kind of movies the audience had a sense for. And that really stuck with me because I think that oftentimes leads to so much more success, right? Like you can create something amazing and it can be maybe even critically acclaimed. It can be a beautiful masterpiece. But if your audience can't relate to it, if your audience isn't even interested in watching it, it's not capturing them in any way, then you very well may not have the same, quote, success that Steven Spielberg has had. There's undoubtedly so much talent there, but it's also almost a kind of luck that he was making or had the desire to make things that people would watch. And that very well may have been way more than luck, like very, very intentional thinking. But it's interesting to think that every time a creator puts something out, if they want it to reach the masses, they can't just be thinking about the next thing that they would want to create. They also have to be thinking about what would resonate the most with the audience. But at the same time, it's like audience members are also shaped by what's being put out. So it's really like you have to have that special gift somewhere in the middle that you're innovating and creating new stuff that's true to yourself, but also is able to speak to others. I don't know. I thought that was a cool commentary because you really think about how many people create, how many directors there are out there or writers or actors, and they don't all have that symbiotic element to their work that I'm talking about, which is why not all directors are successful and not all writers are successful. You need to have that special something. Another theme that they really touched on in this documentary that I loved was that so many of them within the industry were friends, are friends. It makes you remember the importance of community that lifts you up and genuinely wants to hear your ideas. Because if you are surrounded by people, even if they're not in the same industry as you, but they understand the hustle, they understand the passion, they understand your hard work and want to hear your ideas and want to collaborate with you on an intellectual level, that's gold. Being able to have people like that 
is another thing that I think made him so successful. It was essentially a playground of creatives. Which brings me to my next quote that I loved from Steven Spielberg. He said, I don't know quite what it would be like to become an adult. I loved that. You guys know from me talking so many other times on this podcast about not fully knowing what it is to become an adult. And also like, what does that even mean? When do you cross over to that boundary of adulthood? Does that mean that you can't still have elements of being a kid? I don't know, but I think that that also probably led him to rise up. His ability to still have an imagination, to work so well with kids and the other actors, to make these scripts come to life, to build these worlds out of this world. It's really an incredible thing that I feel like really does go hand in hand with just feeling young at heart. The whole age is just a number thing. I feel like Steven Spielberg probably says that on every single birthday of his. The last thing that I want to point out about this film that I really, really loved was another quote. I can't remember who said this one either, but it was describing Steven Spielberg's personality. So basically the thing that I loved the most, learning more about his personality, how he interacted with people. The quote is, Steven's like a guy who works for Steven Spielberg. That to me is an incredible compliment on somebody's personality. That to me means the success that he gained never became a part of his personality. That he feels that no job is too small, that his job is not bigger, that it takes a full, well-oiled machine to do what he does to make his vision come to life. In collaboration with so many other people's visions, I just feel like having somebody say that about an individual really shows true colors that you have not gotten too ahead of yourself. And I think that that is probably so hard if you reach a level of success like he has. I mean, we see it all the time. Hierarchies in status because of success level is very, very real. So to know that there are people out there that do not function exactly in that same system, or at least I don't think he does based on this documentary, it's a nice thing to know. So guys, that's my recap of Spielberg, the documentary. I will say it is a very long documentary, so be prepared for that. But if you have a couple hours and are interested to check it out, I would definitely recommend. Again, Spielberg, you can watch it on Hulu. Alright guys, and next up is a TV show that has gotten a lot of buzz. A lot of people have seen it, a lot of people have talked about it, a lot of people love it, and a lot of people have lots of opinions as do I. So let's get right into it. This TV show is called The White Lotus. Here's your summary, very, very short. The exploits and misadventures of various guests and employees at a tropical resort over the course of one week. It is on HBO Max and it only has one season, six episodes. Which I just found out that when it says seven episodes on HBO Max, it actually means six episodes, and it's renewed for the next season. So like they're marking episode seven as a placeholder for season two, episode one. Fun fact, I would never have known that. My brother gave me that inside information, and it's actually very useful because the amount of times that I have gotten excited for the next episode on HBO Max because I thought there was another episode, but there isn't one, you think I'd figure it out by now, but I guess I needed somebody to tell me, so I am sharing that information with you guys as well in case you did not know. 
Okay, back to the White Lotus. Guys, I'm probably going to be giving spoilers away, so PSA, if you have not seen this show yet, here's your first call to go watch it because it is a very entertaining, very well-made show. So if you don't want any spoilers, just skip to the end of what's good so that you don't miss your songs for the week. Alright guys, that was your fair warning. Now, this show. There were many uncomfortable moments, I just have to start out by saying that. I definitely thought that this was going to be a comedy, and I understand that it's kind of a satirical dark comedy similar to Succession, but I don't know. I kind of found Succession a little bit funnier because it was less uncomfortable. Like, there are some uncomfortable things in this show that borderline on funny, but most of them are just like, uh, I feel weird watching this. And I rarely feel that when I watch stuff, so I'm interested to see if any of you guys felt the same way about that. Also, I thought this show was going to be more equally focused on guests and employees, but it was very heavy focused on the guests, which I didn't dislike because I genuinely did like the character dynamics amongst the guests, but I wish we would have gotten a little bit more than just like two or three of the employees. I just feel like that's a really fun element to dive into more as well, especially because their lives are crazy having to deal with all of these crazy guests all the time. But because there were so many different dynamics within the guests, it made it very, very entertaining. Like, the family was insane. And each individual character within the family, and the family friend, that was all very, very interesting. And obviously they were trying to highlight a lot how the elite act, what excessive wealth does. I do think it was kind of a miss, though, that they only had one true, like, contrast character within the guests the daughter's friend trying to make a commentary on the elite especially because she's the one that ends up messing everything up paula was her name the thing is is that she didn't have the awareness to know that advising her boyfriend or whatever he was to not play by the quote rules and instead stealing isn't gonna lead to what she thinks is right it's just creating another situation where people can say you're wrong I also think that the storyline there of what he needed the money for, how he was really going to be using that money, like where it was going to go to, needed to be fleshed out a little bit more. That wasn't really clear, which made at least me as an audience member be like, I don't fully understand the motive. Like, I understand that they were trying to do something for a group of people whose land it was to begin with, but I just felt like the storyline there needed to be a little bit more clear and also a little bit more pungent. Because it was so focused on the dynamics of the relationships of the guests there, it kind of felt like it missed the mark on some of the things that it was trying to make the biggest mark on. I also thought that the dynamics between the younger generation and the older generation were really funny. When there was a scene at dinner, when Olivia asked her dad, Mark, if he knew anything about Paula, and if he's ever asked her anything, he was like, I don't know, like, I don't know what I would ever ask her. And then Paula's like, well, can I ask you something? And he's like, yeah, sure. And she asks him, what do you stand for? Which is just so funny because he had no idea what she even meant by that question. He was like, what do you, what do I stand for? Like, I don't even know what that means. But that right there was such an interesting, funny way to show different thought processes throughout like different generations. I don't think that that was a question that was being asked in the past very often. Whereas now, if you think about it, that's a question that could come up at a dinner table. 
but just how that question would never have even been on Mark's radar was a really great way to do that scene. Another relationship that was very, very interesting to watch was Rachel and Shane's relationship, the newlyweds on this trip. Guys, that relationship was so incredibly toxic. And again, spoiler, they stay together at the end and you're like, what? But then also when you think on it a little bit more, at least this is true for me that I thought on it and I was like, yeah, I can totally see this happening to so many people. And I'm sure that it does one person holding you back so much in your relationship not wanting you to succeed in any way not wanting you to have a career not wanting you to aspire to anything that you want to do the idea of just succumbing on all of those levels is crazy to me but also i can totally see how that would happen to so many people especially when money is involved like the idea of not needing to work because you're financially taken care of but still having an intense passion to want to work and then not acting on that passion sounds suffocating to me. I don't know. Some people are maybe like, yes, I would love that. I would love to not have to work. But obviously, Rachel's character did not want that. So it was just very sad to see that whole thing unfold and then have it end the way that it does. Devastating. Now I'll get into my favorite character and probably the last character I'm going to talk about because... It's a lot, guys. There's so much to uncover with this series, so go check it out for yourself. But I have to mention, Jennifer Coolidge, who played Tanya, was so incredibly good in this. I love her so much. If you haven't seen this and you don't know who I'm talking about, Legally Blonde, Elle's best friend in the beauty shop, an iconic character then, an iconic character now, because she just played this role so perfectly so much talent and i feel like probably a very hard character to play very emotional very dependent very self-aware going through a journey throughout these whole six episodes really stellar job and her relationship with belinda was also so incredibly sad i felt for belinda so much i just wanted her company to start i knew that it wasn't going to i knew that tanya was never going to look at the business plan But it was just heart-wrenching when she threw it in the trash. I was like, please, take it out of the trash. But I'm sure she's going to be in the next season, so we will have to look out to see if her dreams come to fruition. The last thing that I wrote down about this that I was thinking about at the end of the show, that if anyone has an explanation for this, please DM me because I'm curious to know why this would be the case. Huge, huge, huge spoiler alert. But my question is, why would Armand's body be on the same flight as Shane. Does that make any sense to anybody? I know they were probably just doing it for dramatic effect so they could show the human remains box, but if there's like an actual reason that somebody can think of, please let me know because that really confused me. But also, quick shout out to Armand because that character was wild. So good. Such great acting. Such an insane character. I think that he did so well. He brought it all. Alright guys, that's it for my recap of The White Lotus Season 1. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think that it's a really fun watch. It's a mini-series, which we love. But again, PSA that there are so many uncomfortable moments. So just be prepared for that. It's in a really nice setting, which I feel like adds to the appeal. So I guess things balance each other out in one way or another. Also, the music in it, very, very fun. Very, very unique. If you want to check it out for yourself... The White Lotus on HBO Max. Last up for what's good, your songs. 
What You Know by Two Door Cinema Club, Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain, and What I Like About You by The Romantics. Some throwbacks. I love them all. I feel like I've been listening to these three songs a lot lately, so check them out for yourself on Typically Peachy What's Good playlist on Spotify. Let's round this episode out with Need to Know Basis. We're going to bring it all the way back to something I was talking about at the beginning of this episode, which was somebody paying for my Starbucks drink. Small acts of kindness. Paying it forward, both literally and figuratively. Small acts of kindness can go such a long way. I know I say this a lot in my outros for this podcast. Say something nice to a stranger or do something nice for a stranger. And it's something I really think we should all try to do on the daily, no matter how small. You may see somebody and really like their shoes, but I feel like so many times we don't tell the person that we like their shoes. Like, why don't we give that compliment? Why don't we cross that barrier into kindness? It costs nothing to give a compliment. Even if it costs you a little bit of uncomfortableness in the time. So sure, okay, that could be a cost for you. If you're not an extrovert and you don't really go out of your way to talk to people if you don't know them, maybe that's the cost. But the reward is so great. For that other person, that compliment can truly make their whole day. I know it seems super small, but I am sure all of you out there know what it's like to be complimented by someone that doesn't know you at all. And it's not only just an appearance thing, like you have really nice shoes or I like your hair or anything like that. It doesn't have to be solely appearance-based, which I feel like is a misconception because that sometimes is the easiest thing to do. You like someone's shoes, you say that you like their shoes. But even trying to find ways to compliment people's personalities, if you truly believe it, I have encountered some really, really amazing baristas or servers or people working in retail Or people on the phone of like Apple support or something. You know, just people that you're interacting with on the daily that are just doing their job. But doing your job and doing your job in a kind, respectful way where you make the consumer really enjoy the experience, sometimes without even consciously knowing that they're enjoying the experience, is really amazing. Especially when you think about like your Starbucks barista, for instance, They have to talk to so many people throughout the day. They have to put on a happy face, take people's orders, probably deal with some unhappy people because things don't always go right because human error is a thing. And they're not able to hide behind a computer and get frustrated. They have to be front-facing. It is such a luxury to not be front-facing. I know because I have worked retail and sometimes you get so frustrated But it is a part of your job to not make customers know that you're frustrated. And I'm not saying people shouldn't be doing that or they should be trying really hard at their jobs or anything like that. I'm just saying appreciate the human element of that. Appreciate when somebody does a really good job or when they over-explain something to you when you don't understand or when they ask you about your day and genuinely seem like they care to know. This complete stranger that doesn't know you asks how you are that day. Sometimes people just need to be asked that. And you can do that for somebody else. Like I said, the experience that made me think of this topic was a monetary one. It really was. Like initially, that is what it was. 
Somebody paid for my drink, and because of that, I paid for somebody else's drink. But after that interaction happened, I started to notice how kind the person at the drive-thru was being to me. She was just being very nice. I had my dog Luna with me, and I was kind of struggling to like put my cup down, and she was like, oh my gosh, don't worry, take your time. I'll hold this for you while you try to put your cup down. I know it sounds so simple or whatever, but I'm just saying that somebody else doing something kind for me made me realize other kindness around me, and it made me want to be kinder. It made me really appreciate that person at the drive-thru and appreciate the person in front of me and appreciate the person behind me for having to wait an extra minute. I really believe that it is a domino effect and you can't control other people's actions. You can't control their demeanor. You can't control what kind of day they're having. But if you can think to yourself, I can do better today and I can start that domino effect, you're gonna make someone's day And more often than not, you're going to experience kindness yourself. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have a great rest of your week filled with so much love, fun, hopefully some beautiful fall weather. Say something nice to a stranger. Pay the kindness forward. Be the first domino. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 